This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast on Leverage of the Chat. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. Carter Rodriguez is not here because he's too big, much of a bummer last time. He wasn't feeling it. He wasn't He wasn't believing in the vision. He didn't know that Kobe is better. Uh, so instead, we got our my good friend, Dave Dufour. Um, as I plugged on the last podcast, you should also be checking out his own podcast on the NBA with Coach Dave Dufour. Dave, how's it going, man? Uh it is going well. It's it's a uh, jetty season. The return of the jetty. <laughs> it's incredible. What a day! I, you know, when we were we were messaging yesterday, and I and I said, one way or the other, this is going to be an amazing podcast because either the Cavs are going to do nothing or they're going to do everything. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they went with the latter. Uh, they went the do everything route. Uh, the Cavs got rid of half of the Napoleon complexes on the team. Uh, they got rid of Isaiah Thomas. Now all we need is for Dan Gilbert to sell, and all of a sudden that would be gone. Um, <laughs> Dwayne Wade is out of town, um, requested a trade after last night's game. Uh, the team accommodated him, kind of saw the writing on the wall. They they had this deal lined up for Jordan Clarkson, who would be taking over the backup point guard minutes. Jetty Osman is now working himself into the rotation and someone that they want to have moving forward. Um, so they accommodated him and sent him back to Miami. Uh, George Hill on the team, Rodney Hood, the, the Cavs stole Rodney Hood, a uh, restrict free agent, but uh, a talented upgrade at shooting guard. Dave, what were some of your immediate thoughts from the, the rush of news that came this today? Well, the, the Isaiah Thomas component of this trade is not a surprise to me. Uh, I called this a couple weeks ago. Um, The dude, A, he's not the same Isaiah Thomas. Coming back from a hip injury like he suffered, you know, he's a little bit shorter than I am. Uh, 
<laughs> and you know, when you start to lose a step, like I'm, I'm almost 37. I'll be 37 in March. I've seen this with my game and not to be Bill Simmons about it and, and make everything about pickup, but could you imagine? And, and, and to his credit, Isaiah Thomas is probably in the top 1% of athletes in the NBA, like, or healthy Isaiah Thomas was, right. it's the only way that, that you can have a guy that size do what he did last season, right? I mean, he's an incredible athlete, but hips are important, especially for basketball players. And the sort of hip injury he has, you don't just come back from. Um, and and then not to mention, when you are by far the least productive player on the team who actually plays minutes. And possibly running, the least productive player in the league. At, at well, definitely point. the worst defender in the league. Uh, yeah. There's no one worse. Um, you, you know, you would think – Hey, try to, I'm going to, tr- I'm trying to do my job and I'm going to keep my mouth shut, try to fly under the radar. And he just wasn't doing that. And, and, you know, this, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about that locker room and I've never seen it like that. You know, the, the, the stories coming out, um, you know, even the Woj stuff, like we know that Woj didn't really have a, a you know, a foothold in that locker room no, <laughs> until recently. He, he, uh, yeah, it wasn't hard to connect the dots there. And I, yeah. I think one of the funniest aspects of this is apparently Kevin Love is Teflon. Like, this dude has survived almost everything. You you get the locker room mutiny where you have Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade pointing fingers. Um, Brian Windhorst had reported that it was the rift in the locker room was basically the old guard versus the new. And the Cavs basically said, screw it. We're sticking with those championship guys. Sure, Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith overpaid. Um, and uh, Kevin Love ha- has had his ups and downs as, as a Cavalier. But they stuck with those guys and basically shipped everybody else out of there. So don't come after Kevin Love because on- only only LeBron and the Cavs front office can lob shots at him. <laughs> you know, there, there's a good chance Kevin Love – stays there longer than LeBron. Um, like I think Kevin Love is more likely to finish his contract with Cleveland than LeBron is to resign there. So, um, you know, I think so back so to you're saying back both to, are guarantees that they're, it's going to play out that way. <laughs> maybe. Um, but back to the, to the moves, like sort of as a whole, you know, what, what I really like about it. And, and I, I've said this on other podcasts. Um, I, I'm, I was a fan of, taking a swing this year while keeping the Nets pick because I thought there was a way to do that. And that's kind of what they did. Yep. They're taking a big swing for this season. They kept the Nets pick. Not only that, but the guys that they brought in, I mean, George Hill is not a great contract, but he's a really good player. Uh, he's leading the league in three-point percentage. Yep. And he's a great catch-and-shoot guy. So he's going to fit really well next to LeBron. I feel like he was a guy that they should have gone after during the summer. Um, Rodney Hood is a restricted free agent. He's young. He's got huge upside. Uh, they're going to have his bird rights in a suppressed market this summer. They could mm-hmm. probably keep him somewhere like four years, 48, which that, is fantastic value for a, a talent like that on the wing. No so kidding. they pulled off the craziest thing. I mean, this is sort of like Houston where, you know, they never had to tank to yep. kind of get really good. They stay competitive. They, they have a team now that if they just, if LeBron leaves this summer, George Hill, uh, hood, Love, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith. They have enough pieces. They're probably still a playoff team next year, and they kept the Nets pick. Right, right. Yeah, That's an A-plus day. 
I, I think it shows how confident they are that the LeBron is not going to the Lakers. And it was reported earlier this week that the Lakers have moved their focus onto the following year's free agent class uh, just because they, they don't believe that they can get multiple guys this summer. But for the Cavs to actually clear up cap space for the Lakers and make it possible that they could do it from a, a roster standpoint – it almost shows just how much confidence they have that LeBron just isn't going there. Otherwise, they wouldn't help him out with that. They get so much younger, too. This was by far the oldest team in the league. Right. Um, now you got Clarkson, Nance, and uh, Hood, who are all 25 years old. Um, so they're not too young that they, they haven't been in the league and, and they are still trying to find their way. Um, but they, they give youth and athleticism to a roster that was just completely deprived of that over the last few years. So uh, there's a lot of different things they can do. And I think the one interesting thing is not they didn't sell low on the Nets pick because there weren't any names that were worth that pick available in this trade market. And now you can maybe do a deal on draft night even. Um, right. You, you can explore those options. I mean, Jimmy Butler moved on, on draft day last year, um, and, and I think that was the better way to go. You you shouldn't ever sell low on an asset like that just because you have a sense of urgency. So I think um, if I'm LeBron, I'm happier with this team than I was yesterday. Um, they did moves. They they weren't cheap. They They took on added salary. Um, they got younger, they addressed a lot of different needs, and they still have their best asset. So I, I think overall, like, it's hard to look at this trade deadline and think it's anything other than a win. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time LeBron had three playmakers on the same team as him? <laughs> and, you know, they've got Hill, Hood, and Clarkson, who can all be secondary, great secondary playmakers next to LeBron. Yep. Um you know, beyond just the three-point shooting, I mean, they could. Uh, you can run George Hill, Clarkson, and Hood together on a bench unit with Kyle Korver or Kevin Love at the four. I mean, you've got some major offensive firepower, and the defense gets an upgrade. I mean, Hood is big; he's six eight, and he's going to be guarding guys smaller than him for the most part. Um, you know, I, I imagine to start. I think maybe you'll have LeBron sort of playing that four role with uh, with Hill, Smith, and Hood. I think that would be a smart way to go, yeah. um, just for the for the first you know couple weeks or so until these guys kind of get their feet under them. Uh, and then by the time Kevin Love's ready to come back, you get to slide J.R. Smith to the bench or even Hood to the bench, and uh, and go from there. I, I definitely think they again they pulled off the craziest thing, which is improving today and not leveraging tomorrow. It's it was really a oh, job well done. The only complaint I have is trading their own first round pick for this year. Yeah, because I think those are important. Um, kudos to the Lakers for for getting off of contracts that they needed to move for their two max spots this summer and also getting a, a late first. I, I think that was a great move by them. Mm -hmm. um, but it just goes to show how much. Isaiah Thomas's trade value had tanked and uh, and how tight the market kind of was in general. I mean, Clarkson Clarkson's been on the market since he signed that contract, basically. Yeah, and, yeah, he he had been on the market and it definitely was selling low on Isaiah Thomas. I mean, you go from a guy that was top five in MVP rankings last year and basically you're dumping him off or not a lot. Like I do like Clarkson a lot more and I feel better about that deal after seeing the full picture. Um, Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, that's something I can get behind. Um, th that's a whole lot more length than they had before. 
Um, and then Larry Nance, I, I think that's a nice story. Growing up in Cleveland, um, his dad's old team, and uh, he's he's an athlete. Like I think he can fill in with that second unit in a similar way to what Jeff Green did, which is get open, find cutting lanes, and finish with athleticism. And they haven't had a lot of that over the past few years. Not at all. Giving I mean, up- a lot of old guys with flat tires out there running around. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a team that's wanted to play with pace but just didn't have the personnel to do so. Um, so that's interesting. It, it definitely was an overpay in that one transaction. Um, I, I think that kind of speaks to just how desperate they were to get Isaiah Thomas off of this team. Um, and we don't know if the Lakers are going to end up keeping him or if that situation is going to deteriorate. You have his, well, he, his ego versus LeVar Ball. That's that's going to be interesting. I, I You know, I, I had to step out for a little bit uh, about an hour after the deadline before we uh, recorded this. Um, and uh, I came back and already his his agent is like texting uh, Rachel Nichols and, and in you all know, caps. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. Like there's a certain point where. And like the Brinks truck stuff kind of started this right back the Brinks truck up um, yep. because he felt like he was a, he was a max player. And this is this is part of why Boston wanted to move him. I actually predicted this like the middle of last season. I said, you know, with his contract, it it, it will be seen as a value to some people, um, to some teams that aren't smart. But if you're forward thinking, who wants to pay a guy who is reliant on athleticism and small a max deal when it when it's you know, when he's up. Um, yeah. And then I, 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 pretty, I, I went back and I listened. Um, I think it was like in May. I went on a Boston podcast just before the uh, conference finals. And I was basically talking about Isaiah and saying how this situation was perfect for him. Like he was their only offensive option. And, and that's the way he needs to play. He needs to use that many possessions at that level, which let's be clear. For all the criticisms, there, there's not a lot of players that can handle that usage and score that efficiently. That right. is definitely a skill. Like that, he was incredible last season. But the problem is he can't go into a smaller role, a complementary role, uh, alongside other stars because when he's playing off ball, um, it's like he's 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 a complete net negative like he's not creating for other guys um he he's just a liability and for that reason um it it, i just couldn't see him working in a different situation i thought the celtics realized that as well so i had predicted that they would flip him uh that summer they wouldn't pay him and that they had no intention of keeping him and that's what ended up happening yeah, I mean, I, th- I just think it was smart all the way around. But you know, if you're if you're in his situation where you you know you play a certain way and then you're injured, and you can't play that way. Um, I, I think you have to be a positive locker room presence in order to stay in the league. Like let's just, let's just be honest. Uh, he's playing like a G leaguer at best right now, and to to you know. It, the media stuff has just been ridiculous over the last month for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really needed to not say a word. Um, instead, he was like the team spokesperson, and he just <laughs> got there. I, I, like it's crazy. And now, you know, he's going to L.A. and and I was looking at it like, okay, well, it'll be high profile. He can go out there. Maybe he just goes, does his job, can sh- shows that he's at least healthy or on his way back, and then maybe he's like looking at like a mid level deal next year. Um, right now. I don't know. I mean, teams maybe would be trying to give him like a one-year deal at the minimum, maybe the Derrick Rose type, type of deal. Yeah, he's, See what he's, he's got. getting like the MLE. Like. Yeah, no, MLE is probably too much. 
No, okay. It, I'm trying to be, be generous. I'm trying to be generous. Yeah, that would be a raise over what he's making right now. <laughs> it would be. And and I think that he's looking at minimum deals. I mean, definitely no more than $5 because teams aren't going to know what they're getting, not just on the court but in the locker room. You know, I mean, could you imagine a, a, a contending team bringing in a guy who – you know, the first he, he even said it. Uh, they go their separate ways when there's adversity. Right. OK. Well, I mean, you're a part of that. So. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, no, he, he wasn't willing to accept that accountability. And the, like it would be one thing for him to play so poorly. And I think there there was an understanding that it was going to take him time to find his rhythm. But the fact that he refused to change his game at all and saying this is who you traded for. This is the player I've always been. And this is the player I'm going to be. And he calling out his teammates constantly in the media, going after Kevin Love in the locker room. Like, it, it just was such a toxic situation. It, if I'm going to play conspiracy theory for one moment, do you think part of the Cavs giving so much to the Lakers was with the understanding that, hey, you're buying out Brooke Lopez? And, and then that there is a bit of a wink-wink there? Because that huh. is the one position. Now, I hadn't they, thought about that. Because Brooke Lopez would be really, really good for the Cavs. Yep. That's, that's interesting. That's now, my conspiracy I, I, theory of the day. Here's the thing. I think Brooke Lopez is getting a buyout. I, I just think that that's going to happen. Brooke Lopez is too good of a player to just sit there on the bench. I mean, and we've seen the frustration mounting on his face. He had a career year so, last year. He, he was fantastic. He is really good. Yeah, he is really good, and and it's amazing what he's been able to do. I mean, he's one of the best rebounders in the league. The numbers don't reflect it, but the team numbers do. Yep. Uh, so, and I actually, man, I would love for him to go to New Orleans and be the starting center next to Anthony Davis. I think he's a perfect fit there. I agree. Um, there will be probably five or six teams that are going after Brooke Lopez, including I bet the Warriors would be kicking the tires on him because oh, he would good be God. Good upgrade God. there. They, they can get Joe Johnson. That's That's their buyout guy. That's, yeah, that's what, I, who have allocated to them. Yeah, but I hadn't thought about you know a wink, wink like deal with their Lakers are trying to push Brook to to Cleveland. I I think that the buyout's going to happen, mm-hmm. and and I think you're going to get enough teams going after him. He's going to have his his pick. Uh, it's all about what he's going to value, right? Like, is he right. going to look at the Warriors and say, hey? If I go there, man, that's a guaranteed championship. If he goes to the Cavs, it definitely puts him closer. Yeah. Um, but does and, that and, and it, yeah, it gives him a chance to have a finals appearance, which who, who knows what he values. As you said, we, we, we don't know what he thinks. I think he'd probably want to go east, ideally, but I do agree that the Pelicans uh, would be a great fit. Um, it's, it's funny that Boston was so anxious in signing Greg Monroe. Otherwise, that would have been a great fit. Um, but Absolutely. Yeah, but I, I, and they would get, they would rebound like, like, monsters because of the way those two guys play well uh, unless tristan thompson's on the floor and then al horford's going to turn into a pumpkin the only guy that i I wasn't i wasn't (laughs) going i wasn't going to let that one slide by (laughs) (laughs) so so i guess i mean that was that was my one my one concern about today was that um they didn't they didn't upgrade that spot And, and while i don't think tristan thompson is done, but the knee is obviously an issue. Yeah. Um, he like he has looked a lot better since Christmas, which, sure. which is positive. Uh, he's moving a little bit more like himself. Uh, he, the one concerning, he didn't look great against Minnesota defensively. He struggled on the perimeter. And what makes him so valuable is that he's able to switch on to guards theoretically, or at least when he was healthy. Um, right. and, I mean, that's how they won the title. 
Right, right, exactly. He he was instrumental to that. So hopefully he can start to get healthy. Um, I I one positive, I understand that Thompson. We we can debate whether or not he was worth the contract at the time it was signed. He clearly isn't now. Same with J R sure. Smith. But, but that happens everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And, and also that happened league wide because there was an anticipation that the cap was going to skyrocket in a certain way, and that didn't come to fruition. But one thing I do like is that they didn't just dump these guys for expiring deals or in salary dumps because it's really difficult for the Cavs and teams with this kind of payroll to improve, and they really need that internal improvement. Uh, improvement. And J.R. Smith last year, he struggled shooting the ball. In the playoffs, he shot over 50% from the floor and from three. Uh, Tristan Thompson, like you're, you're giving him the opportunity to get healthy, get back in game shape, and and really work his way back in the lineup. So I think you keep some of that upside that those guys can bring. And at the end of the day, like even if you traded those guys for nothing, like even if you cut Shumpert, Tristan and JR salaries off of this team and got nothing in return, you still don't have any cap room. So at the end of the day, um, I, I don't think it's harmful to have those guys on there as long as you have a team that's willing to pay this payroll. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. And, and you know, I, I like J.R. Smith as a player, and, and he's starting to come come around a little bit with the shooting. Um, and, and, you know, there is something to having a happy locker room, Right. Right. These guys obviously like each other. This is why the, the one like losing Channing Fry, I think, is a big deal for the locker room. And I, I think that's a large part of the reason why they're bringing Kendrick Perkins back. Perk back. Uh, hey, yeah, don't, don't, we, we got to dive into we're going to do a deep dive for like the last 20 minutes. On Perk. I want Perk <laughs> to start. I want Perk to start and then them to <laughs> sub in Tristan Thompson at the first whistle and just give him that honorary start every game. And I, I, guarantee, oh, I, I thought you were going to say just for the first game. Like just to oh, that would be amazing. Uh, get the just, the first home game, Perk should get an honorary start just so that the entire crowd can applaud him. I'm down with it, man. Like I hope Miami does that with with Wade, um, and, and they probably will because it's Miami. But yeah, uh, I, did you see Perk's announcement on his Twitter and Instagram? I did. How is Perk Dude. so social media savvy? He I got love that it. Graphic up quick. I love it. I mean, look, there's a reason why Perk stuck around as long as he did, and those guys, whether you know. If we want to be robots and pretend <laughs> that these guys are like like we're playing a video game and these guys don't have feelings and emotions, all right, then perk serves no purpose. But the the truth is like these guys are important in the NBA for competing teams. Right. You know, you need these guys that break things up. Um, like Barbosa for the Warriors a couple years ago was important. You know, he he was a guy that they were all friends with and, and he, you know, he spent time with everyone. Pop has focused on this for the last 20 years and we give pop credit for, for stuff like this. But then when other teams do it, for some reason, it's just like, Oh, it's a wasted roster spot, man. It's not a waste. These guys are, are important. And so like when they, when they got rid of Channing Fry, I had that concern, but bringing in perk, I think makes a difference. I'm just ready for the, the wine picks on Instagram. That's what I want. Oh, absolutely. Like, and, and, like every game is more entertaining when you have Perk Scal like just sitting there on the sideline. Like when the camera pans and you get that, it's it's just always going to bring a smile to your face. <laughs> well, all right. So the game the game last night. I don't. Is it okay to talk about say last night? I don't know when this is going out. Um, yeah. Not to make it hard to, to the Wolves edit this, game. But, the Wolves game. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so the Wolves yeah. game, right? So one of my big takeaways from that game, um, LeBron looked like he was having fun. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the end, man, like that overwhelming joy when he was celebrating without Isaiah Thomas. 
<laughs> he he knew it was gone man do it. those deals do it. those deals were lined up lebron's like <laughs> The, the the great thing in about height. this deadline is that the Cavs yeah. may have traded for LeBron James because now he might actually start playing like himself and, and stop I, pouting. Right. It's it's going to be huge. And uh, like in hindsight, that celebration was the equivalent of leaving Andrew Wiggins out of the letter. <laughs> that is exactly what he did. And, I love this you so know, much. I am so on board with this. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that. It's so funny, man. Like he obviously was just a cancer in that locker room. And you saw that last night. It was the happiest we've seen LeBron James in a long time. Yep. And he just ignored him. And my boy so, Jetty gets the uh, the first chest bump. Hey, I don't – you probably didn't see this. I mean I already photoshopped him into the banana boat. Oh, I, I missed that. I think I'm, I'm, I'm team Jetty. I think that that dude, I, I think he's a really good player. I think he's going to be good. Um, but it is obvious that he and LeBron kind of have a, a connection there, right? And I think that's, that's huge. LeBron hasn't played with young players in a long time. And, and, this and is it's where funny this... because LeBron didn't want them to bring Jetty over this year. He, they, he wanted them to use that space on Jamal Crawford. And right. for Jetty to come up so big in a game against Jamal Crawford, and like I think he's – you you see all like the team Instagram videos and stuff like that. Like the team just loves Jetty. Like LeBron yeah. loves him. Like I I think that has already kind of transitioned where they understand why they did that. But he's he he's deserved minutes for a while, especially with how poorly the team is playing. And my I I know I've repeated myself a million times on this, but the comparison for Jetty is almost like a small forward version of Tristan Thompson. He's not going to start doing isolation uh, shots and, and stuff like that. Like He's going to play team basketball. He knows what he does well, and he's going to stick to that. And I think that's really, really valuable when you do have offensive talent around a guy like that. That can be your glue piece. I agree. And, and well, the other thing, man, the benefit of having young guys on a veteran team is that they bring energy because so much of this stuff is new. You know, in the grind of the season, 82 games, like we, we talk about it all the time. Oh, guys are checked out. I mean, look at the Warriors, right? Not to keep going back to the Warriors, but the Warriors look kind of checked out and bored. Yep. Well, the Cavs. Been like, there. <laughs> this, this struggle, this struggle for the Cavs, I think, is going to be really important. I now, after this trade, I need to see it on the court. But I was saying Toronto was probably going to come out of the East. I just feel like they're the best team right now. And that, that was my you know, pick as well. But and a large reason why I think that is because of the young guys that they've got. Uh, Ananobi, Siakam playing this way, Fred Van Vliet. Those guys are bringing an energy to DeRozan and Lowry and and Ibaka, and I think that stuff is important. Like you need a good mix for for chemistry for the team. And so I think that again, man, I think the front office deserves a lot of credit. And we've been all been making fun of them all year, mm-hmm. um, but they deserve a lot of credit for revamping this roster in a way that should accentuate LeBron's talents and also make it a more fun basketball environment. And that, at the end of the day, I think that's the most important part for LeBron. Absolutely. The dude loves basketball and you can see it like when things are like fun. He just loves it more than anybody. I, I mean, I like that was I always the best like, LeBron, right? Like back in exactly. 2009 when he's dancing on the right. sideline and stuff like that. Like right. the the robotic villain LeBron didn't work out in Miami, no. and like he needed to start leaking into having some more fun there before they yeah. started winning. I I agree with you. You you, you gotta have him loose. I think people have LeBron a little mischaracterized. You know, they 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 see this mastermind because he is. I mean possibly has the highest basketball IQ of any player ever. Mm-hmm. And the, the reality is, man, 
I think LeBron is like a good person, a nice person who likes to have fun. And just like just like most people, I, I think like basketball should be fun. And I think great players, you know, there's a lot of pressure, obviously, on LeBron. And, and so that can that can suck away some of the fun. Yeah. But man, it's so much fun to watch the, the best player of all time having a good time. Like was it last year when he grabbed the beer and pretended to drink it? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, who doesn't like that? I, I, and so, I, uh, you know, having all these old guys suck some of the fun out of it because, again, they're pros and it's a long season. And I think that that youthful, you know, injection that they're getting here at the deadline is going to is gonna make a huge difference for this team, man. I, I'm excited for it. Can you um, imagine how, how much fun it's going to be when LeBron's playing with that second unit, that up-tempo, high-paced basketball, and all of a sudden you have Larry Nance jumping in from the rafters? Like, that's going to be fun. Like, he's not going to help the team a ton uh, come playoffs right away. Maybe he's going to improve um, defensively. Like, he doesn't provide a lot of rim protection uh, given the athleticism and the length he has. And, and that might be something he develops over time. But during the regular season, like that's someone that's fresh legs that they just didn't yep. have. And, and that's yeah. going to help them get through the grind. Yeah. You know, I mentioned um, after the Wolves game, LeBron played 48 minutes in that game to win on a buzzer beater in overtime. That's a problem. <laughs> like you, you don't you don't need that. I mean, you know, obviously he's superhuman, but I refuse to believe that he's not human. And, you know, running him into the ground for a uh regular season game in February to win like that. I just, it's those games just aren't important in the long, you know, the long view of things. And so I think they did a lot to help. I think that, you know, Rodney hood being able to slide up and play the three when LeBron's on the bench is, is big. And, and, you know, like you said, having youth, having some legs, Jordan Clarkson's good for 15 points a night off the bench. Yeah. That's important. And, and that's the one thing where LeBron was probably right about Jamal Crawford uh, at least that sort of archetype, but it just would have been the wrong player. Yeah, it, it would have. And um, it, it just, it wasn't what they needed. Um, and I think George Hill is going to be perfect for this team. Like um, he's best as a secondary ball handler a lot of the time. And that's what he's going to be a, alongside LeBron. I mean, he hasn't been great this year, um, but I think it's also kind of overstated. Like, he's shooting, like, what, 47% from the floor, 46% from three. Uh, his defensive game has kind of dropped off, but he looked miserable in Sacramento. If you get yeah. 80% of the George Hill that was healthy in Utah, um, like, you're you're laughing. Like, that that is the perfect player. And as you said before, it's not a great contract. Uh, they, nobody's denying that. Um, but he's someone that could really, really help this team in, in the short term and yeah. kind of help them figure out a solution for the long term, whether that be uh, by trading the, the Brooklyn pick uh, in the future uh, for a point guard or by drafting someone like Trey Young and, and giving them some a veteran to kind of help him develop and come along. So it'll be really interesting to see what this team does. It, it just feels like they have so many more options and possibilities than they, they did 24 hours ago. Yeah. So check this out. So he's shooting 45% on three threes a game. So it's not a great sample size. No, um, no, not yeah. Really. Last year he shot 40% on, on almost five a game. Well, he's going to shoot more threes. Yeah. So let's say he drops to 40%, but he's shooting six or seven threes a game that are going to be wide open. Um, that's so much less than he has to do now. Like he's not having to shoot these off to dribble in Cleveland. He's going to he's going to be catch and shoot exclusively 
Um, maybe you get some George Hill, uh, LeBron pick and roll with George Hill as the ball handler, which guess what? Uh, those are easy shots too. Um, he's going to be more efficient than he is currently, uh, at higher volume and will have some energy for the defensive end. Right. You know, are you telling me that, that George Hill can't, can't come in there and defend and be five times better than what they've had at the point this year? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, as much as these guys have kind of disappointed defensively this season, um, they've disappointed in comparison to what their abilities and their phys- physical stature would indicate. Like, Rodney Hood hasn't been great defensively, but he's certainly better than anything that they had before. As right. go- Same with George Hill and even Jordan Clarkson. Like, it's going to improve the team on that end of the floor. Yeah, and so and and I'm gonna call out LeBron on this because LeBron's defensive effort has been piss poor for a couple of years now. Um, we saw last night how dangerous he can be as a weak side blocker. I mean, he got this that huge block. Yeah, that uh, that's that's Jimmy his Butler. ideal role. Like as an right. individual defender, LeBron is not a great defender anymore. Even when he's locked in, he he just can't play one on one defense at that level, given the responsibilities he has offensively. So uh, what you hope for, and that's what the logic was behind Jay Crowder, is that you can have some stopper on the wing that allows him to play free safety. And the Cavs kind of punted that. I don't think they have that guy now. I think Rodney Hood does a good job on shooting guards, but he doesn't really have the the, the strength to deal with forwards. And, and sure, that's going to hurt them against the Warriors. But this trade increases the likelihood that they're even going to get the opportunity to play the Warriors. And really like that's that's the best that you could expect because they weren't going to beat the warriors at any point this season like whether they made a move or they didn't so if you can increase the likelihood that you get there and that you you're even going to face the warriors and you help out the the future of this franchise i think that's a win they they put themselves back in contention in the east i think and then they gave themselves a puncher's chance at the warriors which is all it's, you know i mean they're, Who they're knows in what position. Happen, yeah, right? may, maybe Houston somehow beats the Warriors. Draymond kicks them in the groin. Exactly. And then when they make it to the finals, Chris Paul and Harden just crap themselves. Like, right. Maybe that that happens. Yeah, and and I think that that's the important thing to to keep in mind. And you know, again, I, I still think that, and I, this is I'm sounding like a broken record now, but it, we need to keep talking about the fact that not only did they give them a better team today. But next year, I mean, even without LeBron, I still think that's a that's a bottom rung playoff team next year while keeping the Nets pick. And that is just huge in this league. Like, it's so hard to do. Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. Uh, it's... I'm, I'm really excited to watch Cavs basketball for the first time in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Me and too. Not I, like I a... dreaded it. I dreaded it every game. Man. And I mean, for... I was watching it like a car crash the last <laughs> few weeks. Right. Like, I mean, I, I oh, man, must see TV just because I wanted to watch how bad it was. I mean, that magic game being the absolute worst that's one thing i do appreciate is if you're going to be anything like just don't be boring like you (laughs) you don't have to be a contender but like keep it interesting and the Cavs do a really really good job of that (laughs) if you're going to be bad at least be you know full of drama as well exactly that's that's all i really want yeah, I, you know, the other thing I think – the one thing I think that was missing during that whole drama was uh, we didn't get enough LeBron subtweeting. No, no, we really didn't. Yeah, we I really it, didn't. That was I, a little I, disappointing. It, what I'm hoping for is that, like, tomorrow uh, before the game we get Kevin Love wearing, like, Brinks 
little flip flops. Oh my god, that would be incredible. But, <laughs> you know, back to your point about Kevin Love being Teflon. Like I know that was like thirty minutes ago, but that's my guy. <laughs> I, yeah, dude, the guy's a productive player. Like he's a really good player. Um, of all the guys to point out, I, I just think like it's. It, I don't know. It's it's weird to call out that guy. Yeah, the the guy that has been one of two consistent players on the team this season. Right. Like, it just yeah. never made any sense. Uh I'm I'm trying to pull up the schedule right now. Uh when does Cleveland play the Lakers? I think March eleventh was what I oh, said. Oh, I'm I'm pumped for that. Yeah. I'm pumped for that. Isaiah might not be on yeah. the team March 11th. by that point. He may not he may not be on the team, but man, I'm excited about it. <laughs> Dude, um, has anyone's stock dropped as quickly as Isaiah Thomas without, like, some kind of, like, domestic abuse or something like that? Uh, probably probably not. Um. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's sad. But like It's like um, I, I guess the only other player I can think of in sports, which another Boston team would be, like, Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Oh my God! <laughs> oh, that might have been too. Dude, that yeah, wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I don't know if the Lakers are going to keep him. That's going to be really interesting. Um, I I think I I saw a quote. Uh, Magic and Palinka were saying that they believe he and Ball can play together. Um, and that's going to be <laughs> that's that's a really poor defensive uh starting backcourt there. Um... So. You know, Ball's not bad. And, no, and he's he not bad, but he's a rookie, right? So, like, right. I, I think even a good defensive rookie um, is, doesn't play great team defense. Like, I, I, Ball has surprised me, but if he's switching over to guarding shooting guards all the time because right. of Isaiah, um, or he's has to guard the the best defensive guard every single game, which I don't know, I don't think that's always been the case this season. That's a much tougher position to put him in. Yeah, and well, and. The thing about it is it actually puts ball in a little bit of a better position because he can play off ball exclusively. Um, but the problem is Isaiah Thomas doesn't pass. So nobody would ever touch it. Right. You, you won't, you know, you won't get any good, beautiful offense like they want to get. It's like literally high pick and roll and that's it, man. Even if he's bought out, like what team's taking a chance on him? Cause you would think, no would, one. yeah, you would think he's a minimum contract this summer or he's in China. Like, how far are we from Isaiah Thomas the musical? <laughs> man, oh, man, oh, It's man. a bummer. I, I always feel bad for these guys, man. Like, cause, he again, brought it on himself, like, though. Like, uh, if he accepted a smaller role or an adjustment period and played a little bit different, this is a totally different discussion. If, but if he hadn't gotten hurt, the discussion is also likely different, right? And so well, I try if, to keep if that If Boston's medical team didn't – if they shut him down and didn't play him – for way too long when he was hurt, um, then they would still be employed and they wouldn't have been fired. And well, then Ainge wouldn't get I mean, to trade him, which I think was the motivation there. There's there's been a lot of talk recently about how Cleveland should have um, basically you know rescinded the trade. Yeah, as soon as how they saw his hip. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I, they saw his hip, they probably should have. I think they they did a great job in salvaging it. Um, my favorite, more my my second favorite deal that was out there was the Brogdon Middleton and a first round pick. Um, just because I'm, I'm such a big fan of Chris Middleton. Uh, Brog, He's Brogdon's great. obviously a nice player too. Um, I, 
it's hard for me now because things I, I feel like it's really worked out and it's a different team and that moving forward they really needed this injection of youth um but man that that definitely would have been a, a really good return and um whether or not i like there, there's two factors in this one is how hilarious it would be for that to blow up for boston that isaiah thomas is now out until february um and you you don't get to trade him and like that just destroys everything for them um, and then the other factor is how high this Brooklyn pick ends up being, because right now they're tied in the loss column uh, for most losses in the NBA. Uh, they've been the second worst team over the last like 17 or 18 games in terms of net rating. Um, yeah. So it's it'll be interesting. They have a really see. hard schedule remaining. Yeah, they do. Like if you look at the schedule right now, like outside of the Bulls game, they could realistically lose every single game in February. Uh, right. So it, it'll be interesting to see where that ends up. I, I mean, again, I, I've I've waffled in the last few weeks on whether LeBron is staying or not. I, I'm, I know you guys talk about this probably more than you even want to. Um, we actually up don't. Until, <laughs> oh, good. I mean, well, I guess I just I've heard a couple recently. Um, but uh, at the Christmas Day game to me is sort of like I, there was a difference, right? The Christmas Day game kind of marked a difference in the team. Uh, you know, like they they had just finished up that win streak, which was fool's gold, right? Against some bad teams, um, they got blown out. And then wait, right? Did they get blown out on Christmas? Oh uh, no, it was a blowout. Am I misremembering? When was the blowout game? Um, God, there there were there were a few. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they got they got yeah. blown out on Christmas, or it was a it was a not a good game, not a good sh- showing. Man, I I'm very professional on this podcast. Um, anyway, so right after the Christmas Day game was when they, they kind of started this this swoon, uh, and then it comes back on the second of January. I, I I was just looking at the stats because I saw that his agent was complaining about him not getting shots, and LeBron actually took fewer shots um, after it showed up, but you know. Um, don't let facts get in the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of narrative. Not a big um, fan of that. And so after that, w- when this swoon kind of kicked in, I, originally I was thinking, you know what? There's like a maybe a 10% chance LeBron's actually leaving. Nobody's going to have money this summer. Everything's kind of weird. And his best bet for competing is just to stay in Cleveland and rebuild, um, which is sort of what they just did. <laughs> yep. And then you watch this last month go by, and it gets to the point where people are asking him if he's going to waive his no trade and all this stuff. And LeBron just looked beat. He looked exhausted. Yeah, yeah. He, and he then, was just not happy at all with what was going then, on. Exactly. And then last night he hits that game winner, and it's like he's got new life. And I'm like, hang on a second. LeBron might be sticking around. So I, I think LeBron wants to stay in Cleveland, and it would only be if his hand was forced that where it's like – this can't. This isn't even a competitive basketball situation because right now the Warriors, like, testament to them, they've put together what is arguably the best team that's ever been assembled. Uh, I know they're they're going through a bit of a slump now, but that happens after you've made so many sure. finals. Um, they they just have so much damn talent, and you kind of have to hope that implodes. Like, but for LeBron, if you put him in a position where he can just keep making finals and you put youth around him and he's able to age gracefully. 
I think that's that's what's important to him because there isn't an obvious fit out there. Like Houston would need to be a sign and trade. Like all all the good teams that are assembled now would have to gut their roster to to make exactly. the, to make the money work. And the Lakers, like sure they can start from scratch, but even even if Demarcus Cousins didn't get hurt and Paul George uh, didn't seem like he was going to stay in OKC, like even if you land one or both of those guys alongside LeBron, you're still probably not beating the Warriors. Like you still right. have so much work because it's not just about assembling the talent; it's getting that talent to work, getting the chemistry, and getting talent that fits as well as the Warriors do. Um, yeah. So it, it's just a monumental task and. Um, I, I I think as long as the team doesn't give him a reason to leave, uh, he's probably staying. But it's tough to get into the mind of LeBron because he he is tough to predict. I don't I don't think he knows what he's going to do. I don't think people in his camp know what he's going to do. So uh, I think they've at least put themselves in the position where they can say, hey, once again at, at the deadline, we did whatever moves we needed at that time to to become more competitive. We took on more salary and, and that's all you've really wanted from us. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that you kind of hit the nail right on the head. Um, and moving forward, the Cavs are probably his best option to be honest. Um, now not committing beyond one year. I wouldn't be shocked if he did another one plus one or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm back on, I'd be surprised if LeBron left. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, like I've, I've gone back and forth a couple of times in the last week. Um, nobody knows. And, and, you know, all the LA stuff is, is to me is just kind of white noise. Um, uh, Cleveland is a far better basketball situation. I, I think uh, they realize that as well. And that's why yeah. the news, even if LA, yeah, even if they add Paul George, the, this Cleveland is just a better situation. And, um, you know, um, I think that it's more talent, especially today, uh, after all these trades. And I think that, you know, hopefully, and and, and Ty Lu, I, I was worried about Ty Lu for a minute there. I thought they were going to fire him. Um, man, he doesn't it, look well. Man, poor, poor guy. Like he he got he left the the, the game against the Magic because he was sick, and he looked gaunt against the Wolves. I can only imagine how stressed out he is oh you man know? he's he's aging like a president it's crazy yeah. i feel i feel bad for him because you know like the the x's and o's are the x's and o's and you know a lot of a lot of head coaches are not great at him um but but he's in there because he's a relationship guy as a coach right he's a motivator yeah. and things like that and he's not a bad coach this is not mark jackson mm-hmm. right he's not putting limits on his team or anything like that um now, there are definitely some schematic things defensively and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, most of that gets delegated to assistants anyway in every team, right? They basically have defensive coordinators and stuff like that. So the head coach needs to step in and fix that stuff, but it's hard to do it once the season's rolling. Yeah. And I'm sure that they thought they were maximizing their personnel with the way they played, you know, with, with the way they played, but um, the effort hasn't been there, right? Yeah. So hopefully with these young guys, you see an increased effort, more vigor. I love to use that word when I can, but more vigor on defense and um and and they actually turn it up a notch because as it stands right now, I mean, when was the last time a team in the bottom five in defense made the finals? Um, I I mean, yeah, well, to be fair, the Cavs were the worst defensive team in the league after the All Star break last year. It's true. So um I. <laughs> And they, well, we're going and they with season switch. long, <laughs> but they flipped the switch, which I think the switch is in Boston now. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. <laughs> Ky- like, Kyrie was Ky- a little bit helpful. How underrated? And, and I mean, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. I underrated. Yeah, you better, you a, better admit it, man. We we I had will. too many arguments about. I know. That. I will be the first to admit I underrated how important he was for that team. And, you know, he did a lot for them and you didn't get to see it until he was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're actually seeing in Boston. I mean, the Boston offense, which might not be talked about enough, is pretty ugly and atrocious. Oh, yeah. And, he's he's and, just dragging that. And yeah, he's the bailout. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like. A lot of people love Brad Stevens, and I, I give him a lot of props, but uh, that offense is not – that's not the beautiful game up there. No. So, uh, the, the young guys are hitting their four shots a game within the flow of right. the offense, and nobody else can create. Right, and, and Kyrie is dragging them to like the 22nd or 23rd uh, best offense in the league. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, like, again, I didn't hate Kyrie. I love to watch Kyrie. I just didn't think – that I thought he was kind of just um, – you know, he was a nice piece to have, but he wasn't that important. Like you could fill that if you got a better shooter, a guy who could spot up, play better defense, you you would make up for Kyrie. I mean, I was wrong about that, <laughs> very much so. So so was the Warriors front office when they thought Actually, uh, they were better with Delhi. I'll, I'll admit this too, and and I know that the, you know, like yeah, no, I don't know how many Cavs listeners clean, I clean. have, so it's my chance to sort of like. Let me uh, reconcile. Reconcile. This is, yeah. yeah, this is a confessional. Yeah, I'm, I I'm texted, the pastor here. <laughs> I texted a very prominent podcaster um, who I'm buddies with the day of that trade. I cool said, break. Cool break. Cool break. Well, I didn't say name. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't want to name drop, but just someone who I, you know, is well respected. Let's put it that way. And uh, I said, man, really feel like Boston overpaid for Kyrie Irving. Yeah, you weren't alone with those takes. And the funny thing was, like, man, so many people I saw with those opinions, um, they were laughing later. And they're like, oh, man, Cleveland got swindled. Look at this. Uh, I knew it all along. And it's like, right. what the Not heck? me. Now, yeah. now no, you, are, you are honest. We can have disagreements, but yeah. you at least are objective and you, you understand where your bias has come from and you admit yeah. when you're wrong. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate that. It's about so the the aesthetics, right? For Kyrie is is one of my big that was one of my big things is like his offense is, is was so dependent on isolation, and I'm a basketball coach, man. So like I'm naturally against that. You know, I want to see the ball moving and stuff like that. Um, but I can appreciate his skill. I mean, he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but the Nets pick, I would I was I flipped my opinion on the Nets pick by preseason because I got to see those guys oh, right at the start of preseason. Um, they uh, the Nets made that D'Angelo Russell deal, yeah, and I got to see some of the stuff they were going to be doing, and and you know Jared Allen I was high on anyway, uh, and I wasn't even sure how many minutes he was going to get, um, and so I was like I think the Nets are a little bit better, yeah. and so that was when I started to realize okay, so they actually didn't I mean, Boston really got the better end of the deal on that. No, um, no, what drives me nuts is that. People that were saying that the Nets pick, and there were quite a few uh, after the deal, that were saying the Nets aren't going to be as bad as people think. All the reasons that they had 
were wrong. It was like Jeremy Lin and D'Angelo Russell, like these guys, and they play, they do play gorgeous basketball. Sure. They are so and, well coached. Yeah. But it was those guys going down. Like they are much worse with Russell on the court because Spencer Dinwiddie has been so good. So it, it hasn't been the way people predicted. And now right. that Russell's back, it's kind of taken the possessions away from Dinwiddie, and and they're trying to figure that out. And now Okafor's there to to walk his way up and down the court and then take away the, <laughs> the, the pace that they were playing with. So it, yeah. it, it's funny, but um, as, as, and then as we said, being wrong about Jay Crowder, being wrong about Jay Crowder oh, was really tough. That yeah. was hard for me. Cause I love Jay Crowder. Yeah. That was the I one like, part I was happy about other than the pick. <laughs> yeah. I like, I I even said, I think Jay Crowder was the most valuable piece to Cleveland in that trade. Um, I, I did as because, well. I, I had wrote yeah. before the season that the Cavs should, trade it to the clippers along with their own first round pick for patrick beverly and people got mad that would have been amazing that would have been an amazing deal yeah except for beverly getting hurt but you know whatever yeah um, maybe in, a in cleveland who knows right maybe um but yeah jay crowder and, and then i say that and then some of my boston people reached out and they were like dude jay crowder hasn't been good for like a season and a half yeah it's been rough it, and so, you know, um, I, I think in Utah, we might actually see something closer to, to the, the Boston version of Jay Crowder. I hope so, because he, he's a good guy. Like, the, uh, right. I didn't hear a lot. And he's of had things. a rough – man, it was a rough year. Like, you know, I mean, his mother passing away and getting traded on the same day. Like, that that couldn't have been easy. And, you know, I know, like, it, it interfered with his offseason work and stuff like that. And I don't want to sit here and make, make excuses for him. He's still a professional athlete. Um, yeah, and, but and it's February now. Right. And their defensive scheme in Utah, I think, is a little bit more well suited to him because he gets to guard there's other defensive players. Right. <laughs> he, he's not trying to be on ball on the best player of the opposing team every possession and also uh, <laughs> rim protect and all these other things. So, um, you know, I hope he does well, man, because I like I love dudes like that. I like those grinder guys that are like. You know, they start out as fringe players and they worked their way into, you know, being respected. No, no who's a grinder? You, buddy. You you grind. You you get the work Thanks, done. Thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> as we wrap this up, plug your stuff, man. Let, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, well, I have my own podcast, uh, very generically named On the NBA with Dave Dufour. There you go. Um, <laughs> I uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Dave Dufour NBA, just like everyone else. Kind of trying to keep it generic, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Twitter feed is not generic. Yeah. All right, I I will mix. You, you could you could you could use a little bit of spice. Hey, hang on. You 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 haven't been on my. All right, I made an IT tribute video that I got my hands on. Ooh. I didn't make it. No, I made it. Um. <laughs> anyway, so I made a little. Uh, I I try to keep it light, man. Basketball's fun, right? So oh, exactly. you know, I will mix in with my analysis. I like to mix in jokes too. I, I think. You know, if we take anything too seriously, and there are definitely people that I think take things way too seriously. Yeah. Um. How much fun is in that? And, and I mean, you know, I, I'm in the gym every day and, and I'm roasting my players. Oh, do right? you work like, out, bro? <laughs> yeah. I just mean, I mean, the basketball gym. Sure. Um, sure, sure. I don't mean like lifting weights. I mean, which I do. But, you know, um, <laughs> I'm in the basketball gym um, every day. And like to me, like a big part of basketball is roasting. You know, you're roasting each other, right? Like, yeah, I the, love, it's a sport uh, with personality. Like that's right. that's why it's such a growing game in comparison to, exactly. to other leagues. 
And so, you know, I, I try to do that with my analysis. And, you know, sometimes people get mad, but like, it's, it's all right. You, you'll live. We'll all live. Like, it's all supposed to be in good fun. I, I hopefully, uh, you know, if I pick up any new, uh, followers or listeners they, they kind of come in with that mindset like this is why actually this is why i really love you so much because i like from a fan perspective right like you're a fan of this team you just happen to cover them yeah um and, and i think that your your takes are so first of all you actually analyze the situation and you don't put on your fan hat when you're talking about the team and i, I love that I like being right <laughs> that's, and god that's, stroke and the that's ego important. But but also when you do put your fan hat on, you are so self-deprecating. Like it's endearing as uh, I mean it's so endearing. And, and Carter's great about it too. Uh, and I'm really disappointed he's not here because I wanted to hear Adam Scott say my name. Yeah, God, we'll we'll, um, we'll need to have you on once uh, with with Carter because uh, yeah, it, well, he's stupid. Him and his job producing <laughs> sports radio. Come on. Yeah, he gave Jerk. me that lame excuse. Jerk. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but this is why I mean, like, again, man, like your show is a must listen for me um, because of of your it's fun. And you guys, you, you treat it as such. And, you know, this is why I love Andy and Sam, too. And like, I even love the way you guys interact with each other. You keep it light. You keep it fun. And um, that's what I try to do, too. Like, so I try to emulate you guys a little bit in that. Um, I think it's important and it's way more fun when we're all trying to have fun. Exactly. Exactly. It's much better. So. Again, to all our listeners, make sure you check out Dave's podcast on the NBA with Dave Dufour. Um, yeah, you had a good solo pod. That's tough to do, man. Right before the deadline, that's that's not easy at all. Um, Dude, you know what? Couldn't do it without Periscope. Uh, it, I mean, I, I was sitting there, and I've done them before just with no Q&A or whatever, and, man, it's hard. Um, but Shout like, out my to audience... Cal, Colin Cowherd, like. As, as trash yeah. as his takes are, how does he do that all the time? Well, he's got a team. Yeah, right? like, but you you I, also gotta you gotta love yourself, man. And like I'm I'm very very I'm I'm all about myself, but I even <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> it's man, it's hard. But you know, I've got a I've got a really loyal audience and like my my core following, I will say. And I hate to talk in these terms, but it's just <laughs> the only way to describe it. Um, but my my like core people that I interact with on a regular basis, you know how that is, um, are great. And man, they, they actually bring a lot to those periscopes and ask good questions. And it, it makes those solo pods that I do easier. And, and what's, what's amazing is, you know, my DMS are open and these guys will hit me up and they'll let me know, Dave, man, that was great. Or Dave, that was garbage, but they're really respectful about it, which I, which I appreciate. Uh, it's why I leave the DMs open, you know, like, let, let's you, have a chat. That listeners, um, his DMs are open. <laughs> well, thank well, you. So. Justin, you, you've been sliding in there for a while. So. Oh, you know it. You know it. Uh, <laughs> anyways, appreciate you coming on to all our listeners. Remember, rate, review, subscribe. It's the best way to support any show that you like, whether it be our show or uh, Dave's. As I said, check it out. Um, we'll, uh, we'll have some more reactions. Obviously, we have a lot to talk about as the cast try to figure out what to do with this brand new team uh, with only a couple months left so thanks again dave thanks to our listeners and as always go calf <laughs>